Level three. The pits, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, the late night DJs, and everybody else in between, including all of our rageaholics throwing it down wherever you may be. As uh, we're kicking it, 50,000 watt juggernauts, we're kicking it digitally. We're going to be kicking it satellite-wise later in the week. Uh, we're throwing it down. Ian Cameron's going to step up and in, and uh, we're going to talk some NFL playoffs with Bob Bano. Uh, you know, we got some college of football to get to. I don't know what's going on with Harbaugh. We're hearing about a contract extension in Ann Arbor for Coach Harbaugh. Uh, yet, evidently, there's reports, the Detroit Free Press is reporting, that, yes, Michigan is well, willing and wanting to to sign Harbaugh to an extension, uh, like a long five, six-year uh, type extension to put all the rumor mill out and it's tough to recruit if like people don't know if he's going to leave uh, or not. But supposedly Harbaugh could potentially be holding out for an NFL job if the right offer uh, comes along. Of course, there will be NFL jobs available. There's going to be a lot of questions about the National Football League draft. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did not look great. And I'm not telling you right now that the Jacksonville Jaguars shouldn't draft Trevor Lawrence, but what I'm telling you right now is I hope this was a big-ass wake-up call for all you people that think that, like, Trevor Lawrence is going to walk onto an NFL football field like this dude was Joe Montana, uh, you know, the second coming of John Elway, Joe Montana, and Steve Young combined. Like, really, Trevor Lawrence can play in the NFL now. Trevor Lawrence struggled crazily against Ohio State, all right? How do you, how do you think he's going to do against the Buffalo Bills? How do you think he's going to do... Uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs? How do you think he's going to do against the Baltimore Ravens and elite defenses? Suddenly, life won't be a big party. And you want to talk about overrated conferences, and you want to talk about a sham, you can't talk about college football, um, was the ACC. Great job by the ACC. Yeah, great job uh, this year in bowl games as uh, Clemson and Notre Dame roll into the bowl games and both get absolutely pounded and drilled and the ACC ends up going 0-6 when it's all said and done in bowl games. It's pretty hard to do, uh, but they did. They end up uh, going winless. They go 2-4 and four against the spread. Meanwhile, the often criticized Big 12 steps up in a big way. The Big 12, 5-0, straight up, 5-0, ATS for the Big 12. Late night anger management class. This is sports rage. Bet your rage. Bring it. Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What are you not gonna listen? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. And it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Oh, yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy out. The bug boy. The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're going to break his maiden. Really? But it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? Late night, I had a match with class. 
this is mortuary diet democracy. Uh, so, what happens with a quarterback at a university in a National Football League in previous years really should have no connection whatsoever, right, to, to a current guy. And we're talking about Justin Fields, but let's look. Is Justin Fields is, is not Dwayne Haskins. All right, they're different personalities. Clearly, you look at Justin Fields and what that kid showed with his toughness uh, the other night, playing through that pain against an elite uh, defense like the Clemson Tigers and playing at the elite level that he did. He really showed us something. But let's just be real. The fact of the matter is that, like, I don't know, uh, you know, would who, and I'm not taking anything away from Justin Fields, but I'm just saying, it seems to me that whoever the current quarterback is in this program, from Urban Meyer into Ryan Day keeping the same offense rolling, that every quarterback has been damn good, right? And the history of Ohio State quarterbacks is not good, but what Arch Schleister did, and, you know, Arch Schleister, of course, got to be one of them, and if you don't know the Arch Schleister story, you should, but Arch Schleister, of course, was a big star at Ohio State, big-time draft pick uh, with the Colts, except Arch Schleister liked to bet on sports, and uh, but the thing is, Arch Schleister also liked to um, write bad checks, to pay for his betting on sports. We had him on the show. He's one of these guys that, like, said he, he's been recovered, like, 10 times, but then he scams people again. I think he ripped off an old lady recently. He's in jail or whatever. But, man, like, just, you look at the quarterbacks, guys. So, Dwayne Haskins, complete bust. Dwayne Haskins looked good at Ohio State, too. Dwayne Haskins, complete bust. JT Barrett, I don't look at it as a bust because JT Barrett wasn't a big-time NFL prospect. JT Barrett was a really good college quarterback, but nobody thought JT Barrett was going to be big in the NFL, and he wasn't. Uh, Terrell Pryor, bust. Braxton Miller, bust. Like, like, you know, like, you go down a list. Like, none of these guys have ever, like, stood out. But, you know, is that against, should we hold that against Justin Fields? No. I gotta tell you, they got quite the uh, the the <laughs> quite the aesthetic list of quarterbacks here. They play Troy Smith. Listen, Troy Smith couldn't like keep you know Troy Smith like couldn't be a backup in the Canadian Football League. Um, he was a disaster. Terrell Pryor became a wide receiver disaster. Braxton Miller became a wide receiver disaster. Arch Leister ended up in jail disaster. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet is on TV. Uh, Bobby Hoying. And Bobby Hoying didn't completely suck in the NFL, right? As a backup. Joe Germain. You know, Mike Tomzak going back to the Bears. <laughs> like, like I said, it's not a big track record here, but I'm not holding this against Fields, and Fields looked damn good, didn't he? Fields looked damn good, didn't he? Listen, Alabama have always had a hard time against... Mobile quarterbacks, quarterbacks that can scramble and throw the football, have given that's the, like the one sort of thing that Saban's had a hard time with over the years. But you look at Alabama's offense, and Alabama's offense it just can't be stopped. Like, dude, like they've had some good players over the years, but that wide receiver kid Smith, holy crap, man! Like, like, I've seen a lot of players and stuff, and, you know, they're like, Bam always had the flashy guy. Like, I'm old, so I remember everyone going through their Julio Jones and 
Mari Cooper and recently Jerry Judy. And you know, the list goes on and on of all these stud uh, Calvin Ridley, all these stud guys. But Smith is just different. I don't know. There's something about him. Like Julio Jones is great because he's bigger and stronger and faster than you. Smith seems to be great because he's great. I don't want to say he's Jerry Rice, but Smith has that sort of, I don't know, man, like I'm buying, I'm buying what he's selling. Like if I'm an NFL team and I need a wide receiver, I'm doing whatever I can to get that kid. He's going to go very high in the draft, that kid. But, man, that footwork, the, the play that he made in the end zone, getting two feet in, he only needed one, but he got two in just to make a statement. <laughs> like, like, and you can't teach that. It was like split second, millisecond. He already had one foot in. And he just sort of stopped like the Matrix and got another one in. And he didn't even need to. And Todd Blackledge even said it. He goes, whoa, he didn't even need to do that, but he did. <laughs> like, And it just sort of, it was just instinct. And I was thinking, he didn't do it to show off, but he just practices that. Bam, bam. Yeah, two feet. Bam, bam. Yeah, I need one here, but I don't care. I'm going to get two in because I'm going to the NFL. Bam, bam. And I tell you, that kid's a monster. The running backs are monsters. Mac Jones, a great quarterback. You know? The, the, the initial feeling was the number was a little high as far as the total was concerned, and it came down from the opening 77. I don't see how, I don't see how this game isn't. There are not a million points scored, though. Like, Ohio State's not going to be able to stop Alabama's offense, and I do think Ohio State will be able to keep pace and put points up on the board. Uh, it's going to be a fun football game. Like I said... We got a really cool weekend of football next week. We've got a, a real great weekend. We got the six wild card games, and then of course the uh, the national championship uh, game. But just a quick recap for those of you uh, like me that are interested in this uh, stuff to keep track of how the conferences did in bowls. The American Athletic did terrible. One in five straight up. Two and four against the spread. The ACC was a disaster and an embarrassment. 0-6 straight up, 2-4 against the spread. The Big Ten, 2-2 two two straight up, 3-1 against the spread. The Big 12, 5-0 straight up, 5-0 ATS. Conference USA got punched in the mouth. Conference USA goes 0-6 straight up, 1-5 ATS. Independence go 2-1 straight up, 2-1 ATS. The Mac, hey, how about the Mac, baby? How about the Mac? And the Mac always gets mocked. And I'll tell you what, in past years, all you need to know about 2020, in past years, it was almost free money betting against the Mac in bowl games, all right? They're like the worst conference, and they usually get tattooed. But uh, the Mac played in two bowl games. They won them both, and they covered in both. Uh, 2-0 straight up, 2-0 ATS for the Mac, good for them. Mountain West goes 2-1 straight up, 2-1 ATS. The Pac-12, 0-2 straight up. 0-2 ATS. The SEC, you know what? They cry and they bitch about being the best, but it's hard to argue when they went 6-2 and two straight up. It's impressive. Listen, the Big 12, 5-0, and 0, but SEC played in eight bowl games. They won six of them. Uh, they go 6-2 and two straight up. They went 3-5 and five only, though, against the spread because you're always laying big numbers with that SEC brand name. So, you know, if you bet against every SEC uh, team, you actually went 5-3 and three ATS. ACC, 6-2 and two straight up, 3-5 and five ATS. And how about the belt, the Sun Belt? 4-1 and one straight up, 4-1 uh, and one straight up for the Sun Belt. 
and uh, three and two against the spread uh, for the belt. As far as um, how things worked out, it, it's all favorites, guys. You know, we talked about this in bowl games. So the favorites in the 20, there were 25 bowl games so far. You know, we got uh, the championship game left, obviously. So 25 games. The favorites went 19 and six straight up. 19 and six straight up. Only six underdogs, one outright. The favorites were 15 and 10 against the spread. So profitable, profitable betting on the favorites and the bulls. Once again, uh, 15 and 10 ATS if you bet the favorites. And as far as the totals, it was a small lean to the over, 13, 11 and one. All numbers are here, courtesy of uh, Vegas Insider. Late night anger management class. Ian Cameron, Babano Insider steps up and in. We're talking NFL football. Bring it. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the internet. Eight technology grand. Keep it here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. Let's break it down with the one and only Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Bob Bano. And there's a lot of stuff to break down. You know, Babano, I see they're calling um, Wild Card Weekend Super Wild Card uh, Weekend. And I think that's appropriate, actually, because it is a pretty stacked card. And I'll tell you what. Today sort of had that wild card weekend feel to it. What a wild day of football today in the National Football League, Babano. Gabe, good to be with you. It was today uh, a really wild Sunday. Uh, down to the wire, uh, Bills fans like you, Gabe, left till the final seconds in Houston to figure out who exactly you're going to be playing uh, next weekend in wild card weekend based on the way that wild Titans and Texans game finished with the division coming down right to that end of that game between the Colts and the Titans. So it was exciting all the way through Bears and Packers, the Rams and Cardinals, of course, playing for their playoff lives. And uh, unfortunately, I was rooting for Chris Strebler, Gabe, former CFL quarterback, but just wasn't in the cards for him. Tough spot for him, a guy that's more of a running quarterback than a guy that's a polished passer. And I think we saw kind of his limitations coming to the forefront for the Arizona Cardinals today as they got eliminated. But you're right about Wild Card Weekend, Marenzi, next weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend. First time ever, a triple header on Saturday and Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, super stacked. And don't forget, next Monday, we also have the National Championship college game as well, Ohio State and Alabama. So you mentioned the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, a lot of people wondered how they'd approach uh, today against the Miami Dolphins while well, they approached it uh, by beating the crap out of the Miami Dolphins uh, today. And it was funny because there was so much, you know, concern. How much is Josh Allen going to play? How are the Bills going to handle this? And Josh Allen played through the first quarter and the Bills are getting shut out, which was very unlike them. And then they dialed it up and they turned it up a notch. But I'll tell you what, Babato, there's no free passes for anybody 
uh, this week in the National Football League, including the Buffalo Bills. As the Buffalo Bills will host the Indianapolis Colts, Bills six and a half point favorites. Total sits at 52 and a half. What do you think about the matchup, Abano? Well, the Colts are one of those teams, Marenzi, that I felt that their defense early in the season, people were talking about, is this a top five defense in the NFL? Their stats sort of pointed out that they were a top five defense. But when you looked at their schedule and you started to see some of the opponents and quarterbacks that Indianapolis played on the defensive side of the football early on, you quickly realized, Gabe, that they feasted on a lot of weaker teams, weaker offenses, weaker quarterbacks. I don't think the Colts defense has really been anywhere as good down the stretch of the season. We've seen them carved up, give up big points. Can't forget what happened last week against the Steelers where they had a big lead and the Steelers come all the way back. Defense can't hold it. Uh, I don't think the Colts defense has been anything special uh, down the stretch, back half of the seasons uh, pretty much. And that's a concern with what we're seeing from the Buffalo Bills offense right now. I I said on Twitter today, Gabe, and I, I did it just to, to be funny, are we looking at the Buffalo Chiefs? Are we looking at the Kansas City Bills right now? I mean, they are closing the gap, Gabe, on Kansas City from an offensive explosiveness standpoint, from a quick strike touchdown ability perspective. They are just coming at teams in waves now, Marenzi, this team offensively. I've never seen Josh Allen this confident. He's pinpoint razor sharp to Diggs, to Gabe Davis, Beasley, John Brown. Doesn't matter the receiver. He's finding them. They're running the football well enough. Heck, Antonio Williams comes into the game for my, against Miami and runs the football like crazy. So this Bills team is going to be a, a tough de- a tough offense for the Colts to stop. I don't think they're going to in this football game. Question is, what are you going to get from Rivers? And I'll tell you what, to see the Colts game, their offense getting almost blanked by Jacksonville You know, in the second half today in a game they needed to win, a little bit concerning for me. No, the number is right now around six and a half, seven with Buffalo. I'd only look Bills here. I think Bills on a teaser is a good play, but I might just lay the straight six and a half as well. I think this offense is too much for Indy. We saw last year the Buffalo Bills got off to a hot start against the Houston Texans. They took the pedal off the metal and they lost. You notice the Bills don't take the pedal off the metal uh, this year. They're, They're ruthless and relentless on the offensive side of the football. Quick weather check. Uh, looking at uh, at the Buffalo weather, and not ideal scenario um, for Philip Rivers, who's never really been a good cold weather quarterback. It is going to be cold, 28 degrees, eight mile an hour winds, and don't forget, limited fans are going to be allowed in the stadium as well as the bandwagon is filling up uh, for the Buffalo Bills right now, and it does appear that they're on a collision course uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, but. Uh, you know, there's some good football teams, and I'll tell you what, uh, we'll get to them, but I think it's a case in the AFC in which almost anybody can beat anybody, but Buffalo shouldn't be too much for Indianapolis, and I think that total's a little light, because I think Buffalo are going to get into the 30s, into the mid-30s here, and the Colts will be able to score a bit. The question is, how much are we going to get uh, from Phillip Rivers? So the Los Angeles Rams, it was gut-check time today for their defense. Um, it started off horribly. Wolford throws a pick six on, on, on the first play of the game uh, for the Rams. And they're in a lot of trouble. But then Kyler Murray, um, Kyler Murray couldn't play. And then it became Chris Trevler versus John Wolford. And Wolford started to settle down. He also had better pieces around him playing at home. 
and everything fell into place uh, for the Rams. And it's crazy that the Bears end up getting into the playoffs when it's all said and done because of that. But it looks like Jared Goff will be back. Cooper Cup is going to be, like, close as far as the COVID tracing and the protocol uh, is concerned. Wolford got it done today, but he's going to be in tough against Seattle. We just saw these teams play a couple of weeks ago, Babano. Historically, recently, the Rams had owned them. They were 5-1 and one the last six times they played straight up and against the spread. Uh, but Seattle beat them up pretty good a couple of weeks ago. Now the Seattle Seahawks lay four and a half points with a total very low at 42 and a half right now. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that was a game Goff and the Rams offense struggled that recent meeting against Seattle. That's really the first time the Rams saw this new and improved Seattle defense. And Seattle defense is playing better and better each week. Uh, Played well again today against uh, against San Francisco in Week 17. You know, I think Seattle's defense, it's going to be trouble. Now, if Goff's back, that's going to help. But, you know, I saw enough of Goff knowing, losing with the Rams in that game against Seattle where with Seattle's defense now making plays, with their secondary bolstered, Jamal Adams has been an impact. Uh, Carlos Dunlap's lap has led to a better pass rush for this Seahawks team. The Rams' offense, I'm not sure I'm really ready to trust them here to put up big points. The total, I was interested in the under. It's pretty low, though, 42, 42 and a half. I, I don't I don't know if I love the number where it is on Seattle, but I don't think I'd be backing the Rams here. I think Seattle's a team that, you know, their defense is night and day better now than it was early in the season. Four and a half, I'd lean to the home team. Yeah, you know, if you look at this game, the Los Angeles Rams defense are going to have to win this game for them. Listen, I've defended Jared Goff, but only to a certain extent, not to mention the guy's going to be playing with pins in his fingers and a dislocated thumb um, in this spot against a fired-up Seattle team who who are extremely dangerous, as you stated. You, you see the impact that Jamal Adams is starting to have when everybody is on the field on the defensive side of the football. The Seahawks are extremely dangerous. And it's one of those deals, too, Babana, where the Rams own them and beat them all the time. You know, when the tables have turned uh, sometimes, Babano, it can continue the other way. Sort of like going to the casino at the roulette wheel. Comes up black seven times in a row. Eventually it comes up red, and then it comes up red a bunch of times uh, in a row. It seems to me just out of all the matchups, you know, the Rams, this is a bad one. It's like, really, we've got to play Seattle, the same team that just sort of manhandled us from a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Russell Wilson, always dangerous in the playoffs, especially at home, Babano. He is, and to me, Seattle, to me, they're offensively, they haven't been as sharp. But I'm willing to trade off Russell Wilson and the Seahawks looking a bit more, I guess, pedestrian. They're not that explosive, just light up the scoreboard offense they were earlier in the season, although they've still got, you know, very balanced offense. They can run it with Carson and company. They've got Lockett and Metcalf on the outside. Uh, to me, the Seahawks, path, uh, the Seahawks offensive line is going to be key. If they allow Russell Wilson some time and allow him to escape the pocket and keep the Rams defense from impacting the football game, I think Seattle can win it because right now I'm not trusting of Jared Goff. And you mentioned the injury concerns. 100% healthy Goff. I'm not sure I'd concern him. Uh, I'd, I'd be uh, we I'd be uh, uh, scared of him no. with the, against the Seattle defense. But he's coming off with serious injury here that may impair the way he's able to play against the Seattle team. So right now, for me, I'd be looking at Seattle in that game. Like I say, I would have rather delay three, three and a half than four and a half. But I'm not really looking to make a case for the Rams, at least as of right now. 
And people tuning in know, guys, I have been one of the biggest defenders of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, Jared Goff, and, and their team. But we saw today, even today, how many times did we see they were inside the five-yard line, the seven-yard line, and they don't score? And normally, Goff gets ripped for that, Babano, right? Oh, Goff sucks, Goff sucks. Well, you saw today with another quarterback, they still couldn't score. You know, it's, it's McVay's play calling, he has a problem when he gets inside the five-yard line and the seven-yard line, and it's been a pattern for a couple of years right now. But I got to tell you, like, even if the Rams, Babano, were 100 million percent healthy, like, I'm not sure the line shouldn't be what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, the number feels low, uh, you know, but it felt low today, didn't it, as well? Uh, with the Rams, in which everybody loved Arizona. Ooh, the Rams this, the Rams that, and the Rams find a way to end up winning a game. But this four and a half with the Rams injury situation, with the quarterback situation, with the coronavirus and the COVID uh, situations, let's just put it this way. They've got uh, more uh, situations than General Hospital uh, right now. And it's, it's only four and a half points if General Hospital is still on TV. I'm not so sure. Some of these soap operas haven't made it. Ian Cameron kicking it with us, a.k.a. Bob Bano. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we'll get into the, uh, the rest of the National Football League. Super, super duper wild card weekend. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Vent your rage. Bring it. Remember, you can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, satellite, or the internet. To make it any easier, we'd have to move in with you. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. There are 24 hours in every day. 1,440 minutes. 86,400 seconds. And we still have trouble squeezing all this glorious sports talk in. Have you thought about maybe sleeping less? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. The late night anger management class continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're kicking the late night hours with Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano. You can follow him on Twitter. At the Babano. Check him out over at Sports Pub Radio. You can find him on YouTube and everywhere else as well. So we're just taking a look at the early numbers right now. National Football League Super Wild Card Weekend. And it really is pretty cool stuff. Has that like college football bowl mania uh, feel to it. And talking about a team that could be peaking at the right time right now, uh, Babano. Although their schedule has been pretty soft uh, over the last uh, month. But the Baltimore Ravens. And this number I saw immediately open up at three, and it got bet up. The Baltimore Ravens lay three and a half at Tennessee, total 54 and a half. And I think people are betting a, a lot against this Tennessee Titan defense that we just saw get shredded by a bunch of backups uh, by the Houston Texans today. Yeah, to me, now tennis, you could make the argument, you know what, T- Tennessee's just a bad matchup for Baltimore. I mean, they beat them in the playoffs last year. This will obviously be a playoff rematch. You know, that'll be hyped up all week long. And Tennessee beat Baltimore earlier this season, you know, during the regular season, an overtime victory uh, for the Tennessee Titans. So you got to start wondering, are the Titans maybe just a tough matchup for Baltimore? Part of me wants to say yes, but part of me also can't get over the fact Tennessee's defense is as leaky as a faucet that needs repairing in your bathroom right now. Um, 
I, I don't like anything I'm seeing from the Titans defense. They couldn't get off the field against Green Bay on Sunday night football last week. Now, I grant, now granted, Deshaun Watson with a paper-thin offensive line with no running game, banged up wide receiving core, is still playing, a hell, uh, has had a hell of a season for the Texans, but there's no way Houston should just be slicing and dicing uh, what's supposed to be a playoff-caliber team defensively to the tune that they did today against Tennessee. This defense worries me right now. And you talk about discrepancy in class of defense with these two teams. The way these teams are playing on the defensive side of the ball right now, there's no comparison. Baltimore's defense is really tightening up. They're getting healthier. Now, granted, you mentioned some weaker teams on that schedule for Baltimore. But to me, Tennessee, in my opinion, is not going to get Baltimore a third straight time. Uh, I, I would look to the Ravens here. Uh, the number's three and a half. I don't think I mind laying it right now. I would love Baltimore right now. As much as I love Tannehill and Derrick Henry and the offense's capabilities, and they have a great offense, they have a Super Bowl-caliber offense, the defense is the complete antithesis of that. You can't win in the playoffs just giving up the big plays, just getting chewed up and spit out on the ground uh, like the Titans do every week. That's bad news against Dobbins, against Lamar Jackson. They should be able to run. Titans have had trouble giving up plays on the ground as well. Uh, I would look to Baltimore there. And then the total again, Tennessee games just continue to go over the total. I get it that that total is high. Four and a half is what we're looking at. Check the weather. Still always have to check the weather in these games outdoors in January. You're not going to see me with a Baltimore-Tennessee under ticket, though. I can tell you that right now. Well, take with the Baltimore Ravens, guys. Um, they've won five weeks in a row, all right? They beat Dallas 34-17. They beat Cleveland 47-42. They beat Jacksonville 40-14. They beat the New York Giants 27-13. And then they finished off their season um, earlier today with a 38-33 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. So not exactly a who's who. Although, you know, you could argue, all right, there's a couple of playoff teams in here. But it's a great point that you raised with Bannon. We've seen it in the past. Tennessee have done a great job against these guys. They play smash mouth. Um, they confuse Lamar Jackson uh, with their defensive schemes. And they 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 just sort of jam. They drop a million DBs back and make Lamar throw in the spots. Can they do it three times in a row? And, you know, it's you know, the thing with Lamar, guys, it's true, like, Lamar lights up bad teams. He's proven this. It's been he's been in the league long enough that we've seen. All right, we get it. You're, you're going to light it up against Cincinnati. You're going to light it up against Jacksonville. We get it. All right, you lit it up against Dallas, but you know you lost to Pittsburgh. You lost to Tennessee. You lost to the New England Patriots. And in fact, you lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers twice. You talk about the playoff game, Tennessee, uh, Babato. Lamar Jackson has failed when he stepped up in class in the in the past. Let's just be real. There's no doubt he has. And for guys like Josh Allen and guys like Lamar Jackson this playoff weekend, heck, maybe even for Mitch Trubisky and maybe even for Baker Mayfield as well. But more so Allen and Jackson, Gabe, because these are the two guys that have lost in the playoffs before with their current teams. This is where I'd like to believe they take the next step. I think Josh Allen's ready to take the next step. I'm not quite as sure about Jackson, but Lamar has played better down this. He's played really good football. In fact, He's made some throws lately as well. If you'll remember, remember when he had that issue on Monday Night Football against Cleveland? Had the cramps, left the game, went to the washroom, had to come back in the game. And the first 
play that he had back in the game against Cleveland was one of the best throws he's made in a long time. Down the field, everybody thought he was going to run it. He made a perfect throw, and it was a touchdown pass. Those are the kind of throws he's made the last few games, Marenzi, that he was not making early in the season this year or last year in the playoffs. I think there's been some growth, and I think there's a chance we might see that growth come to fruition next weekend. Well, speaking of growth, uh, Mitch Trubisky ends up getting the Chicago Bears into the playoffs. Did they win today? No, uh, but it's irrelevant. They made the playoffs, and you have to give Trubisky credit uh, for this. Uh, I was surprised about the opening number, and earlier tonight I was anxiously awaiting, and I kept hitting refresh and hitting refresh and hitting refresh. So I saw them when they popped up instantly, and the Saints opened up at 7, thought it was a little short, Seeing eight and a halfs right now here, Babato. Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints, total 48 and a half. Well, first of all, we know there's a situation with Alvin Kamara testing positive. It was so significant that they kept the entire running back crew out of the game against Carolina, uh, the final game. We're going to have to see how this goes. Like, is everything going to be fine as the week progresses? And we're going to see this running back group, including Kamara, ready to go by next Sunday. So that's something you have to ask yourself before I make a decision either way. Here's my issue with backing the Bears right now, Gabe, after what I saw today. For as much as I've praised Trubisky and the offense and their resurgence down the stretch, that resurgence was against Houston, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Detroit. Is there a good defense in that group? There was not. They finally faced a halfway competent defense, a good defense, I'd say, in Green Bay. Not great, but good defense. And Mitch was making some of those old Mitch mistakes today. You know, forcing balls, missing open receivers, turnovers at bad times. uh, And the Bears offense just stalled completely in the second half of that game against probably the best defense they've faced in all of these weeks where they've been piling up all these points. So that worries me now going on the road against the Saints who, you know, defensively, you've got to put them up there. One of the best defenses in the NFC sure played like it against Carolina. They just suffocated the Panthers. Uh, leading leading to Teddy Bridgewater uh, exiting the game uh, in that one. Going to be a tricky matchup. The overs and Bears games have been working for me, and and I cashed it today, uh, Sunday, even though it was mostly Green Bay getting the job done offensively to get the game over the total. I think right now I'd lean over still because I think they can do enough, and I think the Saints offense is going to have quite a bit of success against the Chicago defense. There were two cornerbacks, starting cornerbacks gave out for Chicago today, and they got absolutely picked apart. And that worries me if that secondary still has this depletion going into Sunday against the Saints. That pass defense looks really, really spotty right now, and that could be trouble against New Orleans. Over under 48 and a half. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I'm Renzi kicking it with Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano. Follow him on Twitter, at Babano. So uh, one of our better bets um, today, and we talked about it all week, I didn't believe you could lay that many points with the Cleveland Browns, even against multiple Pittsburgh Steelers backups. And look, the Pittsburgh Steelers nearly nearly came back and tied that football game late. Uh, But Cleveland, hang on. They get it done. Now the Pittsburgh Steelers lay three and a half points to Cleveland. Total 47 in this football game. What do you make of the matchup, Babano? It's disappointing from a betting standpoint for me, this matchup. I wanted to bet against both of these teams. Uh, in their first playoff game. I'm, I'm not sure Cleveland's ready for playoff <laughs> prime time. Uh, that's my that's my opinion. Um, give them credit for eking it out today against a Pittsburgh team resting a ton of guys, but it wasn't exactly an emphatic, yeah, we're in the playoffs, baby, kind of win for Cleveland. 
uh, not, not by any stretch of the imagination. But I was just as excited to try to bet against Pittsburgh in their first playoff game. And unfortunately, these are two teams playing each other now. So I, I've got to do some deliberation, Gabe, when it comes to this game right now. Uh, total 46 and a half, 47. Um, it's, it's, it's really difficult. I mean, I was really looking to bet against both of these teams that are playing each other. I think I'm a little bit more trustworthy, believe it or not, of Cleveland. Even though Baker, this will be his first playoff start, and even though now it's on the road, Pittsburgh, to me, just didn't look right down the stretch, and now you're yanking a lot of your key starters today, and now you're going to be back in. I don't know if rest necessarily is a good thing. Going back to your point, Gabe, about how Buffalo looked today, they're going in with momentum. They got their starters meaningful reps, meaningful snaps today that's going to make sure that they're in good cohesion, good rhythm, good chemistry going into next weekend. I'm not sure that's going to be there for Pittsburgh. So I've got the slightest of leans right now to Cleveland, but it's disappointing because I wanted to fade both of these teams in their first playoff game. Unfortunately, they're playing each other. I get it. I understand your point. Uh, but I feel the the opposite in the sense that I you look at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh have owned these guys. Pittsburgh have owned these guys over the years. They nearly beat them today with a bunch of backups. Now they're going to dial it up a notch and listen, I know no one's been more critical of Big Ben Roethlisberger than I have been uh, this year, Babato. But I think the week off will refresh him. And I have a hard time believing that Baker Mayfield, and it was a good point that you raised, prime time. It's literally and figuratively prime time. So they're going to be, you know, that's that's a big stage. It's a big stage uh, that Cleveland's going to be on against the Pittsburgh Steelers team that's been in big games uh, before. So, Babano, we got about two minutes uh, left uh, here. Big weekend of football coming up, six wild card games, and of course, the national championship game. No pick needed right now, Babano, uh, because we're going to talk. Obviously, there's a lot of time to handicap this game. Ohio State getting seven and a half right now, total 74 and a half for uh, next Monday night's national championship game. If you like Ohio State, your arguments are Justin Fields, you know, found it. The offense found it. Your argument is Alabama sometimes struggles against mobile quarterbacks, which is kind of true. You look at the quarterbacks that have beaten Alabama recently over the years, Johnny Manziel, Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, and I could go down the list. What do they all have in common? You know, mobility at the quarterback spot, and Justin Fields has that. If you're making the case for Alabama, and that's the case I'm kind of looking to make right now is to lay the points. Ohio State was jazzed up for Clemson, no question. The comments Dabo Sweeney made about you're the 11th ranked team in the country and maybe, maybe because you didn't play as many games as everybody else, you shouldn't be in the playoff. That clearly was bulletin board material for Ohio State. They uh, feasted on that uh, and they were amped up for that game. This is a different challenge for that Ohio State defense. And I still don't really love the Ohio State defense by any stretch. I was surprised they bullied Clemson in the trenches a little bit with their defensive line. That's not going to be as easy to do against Alabama. Nobody is getting close to laying a finger on Mac Jones right now. And I'm not betting against Alabama in a price range like this. I would look tied first half, tied full game right now. That's a very good point, uh, battle. The only time uh, you ever see Mac Jones hit the turf is uh, when he awkwardly slides, <laughs> when he awkwardly scrambles and he falls on his own uh, with an ugly, an ugly slide. Alabama's offense is just lethal. You know, even though they took the pedal off the metal against um, against Notre Dame, you know Ohio State's going to you know present more of an offensive challenge though. And even though it's a high total for a championship game, I'm not in a hurry to be betting the under at 74 and a half right now. 
Ian Cameron, of course, will join us later in the week with the raging redhead Cam Stewart Babano. It's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for stepping up and in. Thanks, Gabe. Good as always. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Vent your rage. Bring it. Coming at you all day. Every day. With more attitude than other lesser networks would deem appropriate. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Believe it or not, you can listen too much to us. I mean, it's possible. Get to know your family again. Did you know your wife cries herself to sleep every night? That's what she told us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, late night anger management class. Into the three-minute warning. Level three. Quick as 180 minutes of sports. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. We appreciate everybody uh, joining us uh, this evening. We're going to have a ton of great coverage throughout the week, a ton of different perspectives and guests. Fortunately, we've got six games, actually seven with the national championship uh, game, and there'll be a lot of talk around the National Football League and in the Los Angeles area about uh, the quarterback situation and the controversy has already begun. We knew this was going to happen. Mateus uh, sent me the link, so Plachke is saying that uh, they should start Wolford. And, you know, Mateus, it's not crazy, actually. It's not crazy. Like, if Jared Goff, if, you know, Jared Goff wasn't um, wasn't lighting it up to begin with. and it all, But if Jared Goff is healthy, then he plays, right? It's one of these deals. If Jared Goff can throw a football, and I don't know if you saw, but before the game, Jared Goff actually was throwing the football, and they brought it up. They said, you know, you wouldn't even be able to tell Goff was throwing the football on the field before the game. So I think Goff will be good to go. I understand Plasky's argument. I, I don't hate it, but at the same point in time, there's a difference in beating a depleted Arizona team at home and going on the road against Seattle. You need Goff to start that game if he can start with this. Goff is the quarterback of that team. I don't expect Sean McVay to make anything different in the upcoming year or next coming week because, you know, we look at Josh. We know that McVay, that's Goff's guy. He's not going to turn the page right now because Wolford goes 22 for 38 and doesn't throw for a touchdown. You know, nothing's going to happen. I think Plaschke's just being a little hopeful. Oh, Plaschke's just getting a conversation going. And you know who's going to come up? Listen, people are, are anti-Goff. Uh, people aren't big golf fans to begin with, but you got to understand, like, Arizona were beaten down, guys, right? Arizona's defense is beaten down. And having Kyler Murray stand around and coming in and out and stuff, I think it confused a lot of guys on the team as well. Would have been better off if Murray was just in the room and didn't know, right, he's not coming back. It was a weird situation today. It was a weird weekend. It's been a weird, uh, it was a weird year, but we're into a new year right now, and we're kicking ass. Big week this week, anniversary, Series XM, and more. Shout out to our radio affiliates. Shout out to everybody tuning in. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Sports Grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.